Welcome to the 2022 edition of the Radio Lumi Artist Spotlight Series. These spotlights are meant to highlight Luminato artists and the work they've contributed. You'll hear them describe themselves and their art in their own voices. Coming up is Kay Chan. Kay Chan, who uses they, he, and she pronouns, is a two-spirit, non-binary, Tokoronto-based artist. With a mixed Métis Chinese heritage, Kay transforms their experiences, passions, and identities into art through traditional and digital mediums. They are a contributing artist to Crypt Collab Issue 4, a digital zine from Sticky Mangoes, now in its second edition with Luminato. You can follow this artist's work. Their social media can be found under the handles at makesomething.k. You can find the zine with accompanying image descriptions on the Luminato website. You can also find spotlights from other Crypt Collab contributors from this and last year on Radio Lumi through the Access Hub at luminatofestival.com slash access-hub. These interviews were recorded before the first draft of the Crypt Collab issue had been revealed by Pri Rahal, the curator and creator of the zine. Hi, I'm Kay Chan. My pronouns are they, he, she. I am a person with tan olive skin, short brown hair, and usually some funky glasses. Describing myself as an artist, I would say that I just like to make things. You know, there's a title of calling yourself an artist, and then there's the act of doing it, like seeing it as a verb. So I kind of just like to say, I just make things and I do things, and I just act upon the verb that I do versus calling myself that as a title. So whether it be I do a lot of video editing, poetry, digital art, visual art, beating, any art materials and art practices I find accessible in the moment to express whatever message I feel of sharing. My submission to Crip Collab was a poem written by me as I was going through a lot of different bodily changes and doctor's appointments and being part of research studies based on my own health. So to describe it, it is a poem that is split onto two sides where there would be kind of one word from the sentence taken out onto the left side and on the right side is the continuing sentence of it. The background is like a mixed pastel cool tones of purple, blues, and greens with the floral border around the poem. The poem is called, What Are Crip Futures? Futures I know I won't be present in. My life, work, DNA, archived. Pieces of me for the future to study. Organder. Reference? What is left of me? May they know I prevailed, always on cliff's edge. I survived on love. Against all odds, I am still here. Without a doubt, love wins my will to keep going. If you were to read the poem with just the one words exerted out of it, it reads down, present archived, study what prevailed, Love still wins. I was part of the second issue of Crip Collab before 
for another poem I did. And this one with the prompt of Crip Futures. Again, as I was saying earlier, I was going through a lot of, you know, mental turmoil and dealing with physical things. I have endometriosis and had a hysterectomy back in November. After that, well, having a hysterectomy at age 28 sure brought on a lot of problems that no one could technically prepare me for. So as I kind of sit and wonder what, like, what are crypt futures? What does that have to do with me? And just thinking about, you know, even though I could pass whenever, there are still lifetimes after me. So what things am I going to do now that are going to be present in the future? Ever since I was young, I always kind of told myself that I was probably never going to have kids. And it was kind of ironic to me that my body agreed. And there's a lot of mourning around me. But in terms of things that have come up afterwards, it kind of uncovered a lot of medical history with my family, finding out like how I'm like third generation since my mother and grandmother that have had a hysterectomy too. My grandma had ovarian cancer. My mom had endomyosis. Yeah, going through like menopausal symptoms at age 28 is like very, very dysphoric, especially when you don't, you yourself don't necessarily identify with female gender roles, but you know, your body is forcing you to go through those stages of life. No hormones, no medications, that along with other uh, hereditary issues from both sides of my family is just like, I am now kind of sitting here having to be forced to just barrel through it. But you know, is very daunting, I'm sure, but uh, I'm still here, I guess. <laughs> to still be here is just like, I hate to use the word resilient, but in a lot of cases it is. And you know, some people might look up to you heroically, especially when you're talking to someone that is, you know, not neurodivergent, not like a very like normal bodied person. You know, they'll look at you and just be like, oh my God, like, how are you living? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just here, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here breathing and doing with struggles, but I'm here. <laughs> Crip Futures means to me that like, we're surrounded by this like hope, especially in a lot of like non-disabled folks image of Crip Futures is that there is no Crip Future. You know, we do all this research, so we don't have problems in the future. But unfortunately, mutations, genetics, all sorts of things are still going to continuously happen. We can't just, you know, wipe that out because that's going to wipe all of us out. And let alone, like, there are so many wonderful things that, like, us in the community do that I really look up to. And it's, you know, an act of, again, hate to say active resilience, but, like, more like active brilliance, I would say that we are still making things and still doing things and, you know, things that we can do now, whether it be, you know, donating our bodies to research, whether it be like, well, we're still here or when we pass is going to be informing those people in the future. What can they do to, you know, still thrive or find ways to thrive, even though it is not the typical way that everyone else does. I do a lot of video editing, filmmaking. I am currently working on another short film right now. 
about intersectionality and just finding place within where you are. For myself, I find that I have a lot of different intersectional identities, whether being Métis and Chinese, whether it being kind of what people would say, like invisible disability, or I mean, let alone, let's face it, people with glasses are also disabled, but we've completely normalized that. I just like to find whatever ways I can share that. So if at the moment, like I have access to a camera or I'm in a workshop that is getting me to make that deadline, I'll, I'll go make a film out of it. Or if I've been given a prompt or um, like my last film, Will Flowers, that was, I was also part of the trans healing art residency at Sketch Arts and we were given a lot of art prompts, but I think what the biggest prompt for me was my kukum, my grandma had messaged me in the middle of the night asking me, what would you do to change the future? Will flowers? And she was kind of referencing beading. Métis were also known as the flower beadwork people. So at the time I was um, getting really into beading and my grandma was also just, I think, kind of going through her own turmoil as well be with COVID and like being secluded in her own home she's dealing with cancers and stuff right now but it made me it made me stop and think for like a solid week just being like you know what what are ways that we can still grow in the future you know and I I constantly think about that you know what are you know not necessarily to what are what are things that are gonna leave my impression on this earth but necessarily like what are what are ways that I can do things that can help this earth grow and trying to find power and ways to show expressing that. I do like a lot of video editing because I think I personally think it's the most ultimate form of like merging all art forms together because you can showcase videography, you can showcase your own physical art that you've made. Like this film right now, Will Flowers, I did that with like digital art animation. The film I'm doing right now also includes hide tanning and my own cooking. It's just, you know, whatever ways I can like share that love, share that connection, I want to share it. You know, I was part of the first group club, which was really fun as well, but I do feel like it might've been a smaller audience at that time. But now with it being part of Luminato, I feel like there is now space being made for BIPOC and disabled intersections to come and showcase their work, which I think is really wonderful, honestly. It means a ton. I'm just thinking to myself on my own art journeys and stuff. Like a couple of years back, I was in a lot of filmmaking circles and stuff like that. But a lot of time when I was navigating these like art spaces, they were let's face it, predominantly white, neurotypical, and like, you know, not disabled. And I had a lot of troubles trying to find my way through and would constantly end up finding myself being thrown under the bridge, whether it be being underpaid or being underappreciated or just in general being assumed that I am like some younger person with zero experience or any idea what is going on when I will go to some film sets and find out that like, you know, we're, we're, we're filming something that's apparently in Shakespeare time, but this actor is still wearing Skechers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> to have spaces like this is so important. Cause you know, like back then, like I had told myself, like, I can't 
work in these such like very like white dominant spaces because I won't have a voice here. I want to work with people that are like me, whether it be, you know, racialized, disabled, queer, like there's so many different intersections that we can all be a part of. And like a big part of what I love about these communities is that we're meant to be uplifting each other. So having spaces like this is so, so important because this is basically showcasing futures as to what we can do to include everyone. My parents were just talking about some quote I said when I was like in grade two after coming back from like some sports event, I just said, everybody wins. <laughs> My family thinks that's so cute, but honestly, I think that's just fair that we should all win, honestly. <laughs> honestly, like, if you're listening to this podcast or interview or whatever it is, and you see opportunities like this that are made for you and by people like you, go for it. Submit, please. It is meant for you. Go. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Not to sound like a Nike commercial, but just do it. <laughs> again that was k chan and remember their social media can be found under the handles at make something.k to find this spotlight and others check out radio lumi or you can find the art and more on the artist in crypt collab both available through the access hub on the luminato website that's luminatofestival.com slash access dash hub. This spotlight was produced and edited by yours truly, Dev Ramsaywak, for Radio Lumi as part of Luminato 2022. Thanks for joining us.